Welcome to the Amy Egan Podcast, where each Saturday, Lindenwood University head women's basketball coach Amy Egan talks women's basketball and much, much more. We'll talk about past games, future games, players, the Ohio Valley Conference, the NCAA, academics, careers, and many other interesting topics. This week, we look at the past games at Northern Illinois University, and four freshmen started at Northern Illinois. We're going to take an early look at the OVC teams, and we'll hear the Amy Egan basketball story, and we'll also look ahead to the home game against Central Arkansas this week. And finally, we have our first podcast guest of the season. Freshman Alyssa Nielsen is joining us. Coach Egan, welcome back to Thanksgiving weekend here in St. Louis. I trust you spent the holiday well. Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah. Uh, you know, of course, we spend uh, usually Thanksgiving with the team and uh, we did get an extra couple days uh, this year, so we were pretty fortunate about that. But most of the time, uh, we don't have much much of a break. It's right back to business. And Alyssa, did you get a chance to get home for Thanksgiving? I got to go down to Texas to see my grandparents, which is really awesome. Oh, very, very cool. Well, Alyssa, let me just stay with you with a, with a couple questions. And this time last year, you were finishing up a very successful high school career in Bixby, Oklahoma. Don't tell us where that is, but it's in <laughs> Oklahoma somewhere. And just what's been the best part of being a Lindenwood student so far? Um, probably the best part is just being a student athlete here. Like the, there's just so many student athletes on campus. So the support you get like from each other at our games and stuff and the teachers like knowing how to deal with you, it's been, it's been really awesome. Well, cool. And of course, every time I ask the best part, I ask, have to ask the worst part. So what's the worst part of the first two or three months been on campus for you? For me personally, it's been like learning how to manage my time. You know what I mean? Like, learning when I when to eat, when to go lift, when to go get extra shots up. But I, I think I'm getting a little better at it. But that's definitely okay. been the hardest part. That's good to hear. So I'm guessing you had a lot of college options. And, and share with us, Alyssa, what were the factors that led you to join Coach Egan at Lindenwood? So Coach Egan is just really a very inspiring coach. She's the kind of coach and woman that you want to play for and want to be like. So when I was previously committed to her at Drury, and so when I got the call that she was coming up here, it was kind of a no-brainer to come with her. Well, cool. And the early takeaways from, for you from the season, I have to start the first game at Tulsa. I was there, as I always do, providing guidance to the referees. And <laughs> I have been to a lot of Lindenwood women's basketball games over the years. And I have never seen such an involved and excited crowd in the first game there. So trust me, it's, it's impressive from my end. What are some of the takeaways, early takeaways for you from this season? Um, I think it's pretty like obvious that we're very young and everybody is brand new to this system. But I think we have great chemistry, like both on and off the court. And like things are starting to click. And so once they do, I really think we're going to be a force in our conference. Well, that's, that's excellent to hear. And of course, you're going to be with Coach Egan and Lindenwood for four years. And then after that, your college basketball career will end. What's your major right now, and what are you looking to do after your college basketball career ends? So I'm majoring in cellular and molecular biology, and I hope to continue on to medical school after, after I graduate from here, and then uh, eventually be some kind of orthopedic doctor, come back, work with athletes is really the goal. Well, we're going to talk cellular, micro, cellular microbiology here in a couple minutes, all right? Yes, sir. And, and if the last question I have for you. And I know you're young and early in your D1 basketball career, but if there is one piece of advice you would give to other young women looking maybe to play D1 basketball in the coming years, what would that one piece of advice be? 
honestly, like, just keep your head down and work. Like, everybody's recruiting process is very different. But if you just keep working, you're going to end up where you're supposed to be. Cool. Well, Alyssa, I appreciate you taking a couple of minutes uh, with us this afternoon. And you're welcome to stay on the podcast and, and listen in. Coach Egan, you know, I, I had to watch the replay of Northern Illinois. And I counted four freshmen on the floor at the start of that <laughs> game. How'd they do? It, they'd be great. Um... I mean, we got out to a pretty quick lead with them. You know, I could tell uh, when we sat down uh, right before tip-off that we were a little bit nervous. But, um, you know, I told them just to focus in on defense and rebounding, and that would take away some of those nerves. And I thought they did an excellent job at it. And, you know, I think Lou hit on it. You know, we're young, and we got a a lot of things to learn. And so it kind of comes in waves right now with the good and sometimes the bad with it. But, um, you know, I I thought our freshmen really showed up and played really well. Well, cool. And I know I watched those first few minutes. I watched the whole game. And it's it's impressive to watch what I'm seeing, at least, is the freshmen appear to be a little bit more increasingly confident taking some of those shots. Are you seeing that as well? Yeah, well, I think, you know, for most of them, I think they know what a good shot and a bad shot is for them. Um, I also think they're all really skilled and really talented. Um, so I think that obviously benefits it. And if you, if you look at any of those freshmen, I mean, they're in the gym a lot, uh, as much as they can be working on their game, getting shots up, putting themselves in a position to make those shots. So, um, I think, you know, that's where really where it starts for them. I think, you know, I tell them all the time, confidence, you know, doesn't come from making baskets. It it comes from putting in the work outside of it, you know, and, and being a a great person, your characteristics are what create that. So hard work, um, and being a great teammate and all those kind of things. And I think our freshmen really do believe that. And I know we're still about four or five weeks out from the first OVC game, but have you had a chance to kind of see what the other women's OVC teams are doing early in the season? Yeah, I mean, I watch I watch games whenever I can uh, and keep an eye kind of on scores with them and, you know, those kind of things. You know, I think early on, a lot of the OVC schools are playing a lot of power fives to uh, get some of that experience. But um, I do keep an eye on them. I haven't focused, focused on each of them individually yet uh, and really dove into what they do offensively and defensively. But anytime they are on, I try to catch a game. Oh, cool. And, you know, I've done a few podcasts now and I, it's probably past time, but let's go ahead and take this podcast as the opportunity to kind of tell the Amy Egan coaching history. If you wouldn't mind just kind of sharing your journey in kind of Reader's Digest format um, from where you started to where you are today. How long do you have, Gary? <laughs> um, <laughs> so, you know, I started, I, on, in all honesty, when I was in college, um, I wasn't expecting and, and thinking that I was going to be a college basketball coach. I thought I'd probably be a physical education teacher. You know, I'm, I'm, I majored in, um, majored in physical education, minored in health. So I do, I thought I would be a high school phys- physical education teacher and health, health teacher. And then, um, you know, coach maybe high school basketball on top of that. It wasn't even a thought process to me. And, uh, at one point when I was done, I went overseas, I came back and, my uncle called me and said, Hey, you know, Quincy university, which was, uh, literally like 50 minutes the other way from Truman needs an assistant coach. Would you be interested? And, you know, at that time I was like, ah, no, probably not. And then I went on the interview and I was like, Oh my God, I love it. I love this. Um, and so I was fortunate enough that I didn't blow the interview. Uh, and I ended up getting the job. So I started at Quincy and I worked for a guy named Larry just, uh, and if you Google him and you look him up, man, well, just an unbelievable coach. I mean, um, you know, when he started at Quincy, which was a few years before me, he won zero games his first year. Uh, when I got there, we won 
won nine our first year. We won 16 the next year. And then we ended up going to lead eight final four type stuff, uh, back to back conference championships. And he just really built it. And he really taught me how to do things, uh, on and off the floor. You know, since then he's gotten out of college and does high and did high school. He recently retired. He won a couple state championships in high school. So I'm one of the very, very fortunate people that know and understand how important mentorship is. Uh, and I just had an unbelievable mentor. So very, very blessed with that. Um, after Quincy, after four years there and, and having a lot of success, he was like, it's time for you to go try to be a head coach. Uh, and so I took the St. Ambrose job, which is the NAI school up in Iowa. And, uh, you know, I remember sitting down, Gary, my, my first day on the job going, do I even know what I'm doing? You know, <laughs> Uh, but it was me and it was, uh, I just had a GA, uh, I had 26 kids, varsity and JV. Um, I ended up getting out of coaching. I think we were 48 and 17 in my two years there. I ended up getting out of coaching because, um, I was just burnt out. I mean, that's all I had done. All I was doing was working. I didn't know at a young age how to manage some of that. And so I ended up getting out of coaching and ended up, uh, getting a job at, with Walgreens, uh, where I was with them for two years and, um, making lots of money. In all honesty, and uh, I just did not enjoy it, did not like it at all. And so I had an opportunity. AD called for, called me from a conference in St. Ambrose's conference and said, hey, we need somebody to come in here and rebuild this program. Would, would you be interested? And I jumped on it. Um, so I was, again, lucky that I, I was able to get back into coaching as a head coach. Uh, and, man, we were, we were not very good my first year. Uh, we won four games, and we were very lucky to win four games. Uh, and then we built it. That next year we pretty much had a whole new team. We went to 11 wins. The next year we went to 14 and then Truman State opened up. And I mean, that was a no brainer because that's my alma mater. Um, so I had the, the, the ability to go back to Truman State and um, had some great success there. You know, our first year we won the conference championship, uh, went to the NCAA tournament a couple times in my time there, three times, I think in my time there. Uh, and then Drury, the assistant job opened and the head coach called me and said, Hey, you know, I'd really, I'm pregnant. I need somebody to come down here and run this. Uh, and then, you know, there's, there's a possibility that I'm going to look to leave after this year. So, uh, I took that, uh, opportunity and, uh, that was COVID year. And so things ended a little bit early, but I really think we we're going to win the national championship that year. Um, and then had the ability to take over as the head coach after that. And, um, just again, some great success because I just had great people surrounding me, uh, players, great players, great people, great staff, um, you know, and that's what it's all about. That's where you find this success is when you are able to do that, um, when you're able to surround yourself by great people and great players. So had a lot of success there, played in the national championship, won the conference every year, uh, won the conference tournament every year, uh, went to the national tournament every year. So uh, it, it was a, a great time. And then, you know, had had the opportunity, Linda would call and, uh, you know, I know Jason would tell you uh, when he first called me, I said, no, thank you. Uh, and, uh, the next day he drove down and was like, no, we're going to sit down and talk about this. And, um, the more I talked to him, the more I, I got interested and became interested in the job. And then, you know, when I came up to campus and I talked to the president and had the opportunity to sit down with him, um, I mean, he just, he just sold me on it, uh, with their vision for the program, their vision for the university, their vision for, uh, the athletic department. So, uh, that brings us kind of to, to today and us, uh, you know, building this and, um, having the opportunity we brought in 12 new kids. And so nine of those are freshmen, uh, and really just, you know, putting our foot on the gas and really trying to get this going.
I, I got to tell you, I think the Jason Coomer story becomes a legend at some point. He's, <laughs> he shared with me the story. I didn't even know it until a couple weeks ago. He was telling me about the story. Just, just fascinating what he did. You had to be impressed with that. I was. I was. I was really impressed. And, you know, I was most impressed with our conversation. And, you know, we didn't talk X's nose. We talked more, um, you know, just about philosophy and about, um, you know, what it meant to run a successful program and what it looked like to run a successful program and what it took to do those things. And, um, you know, the, when you have the resources and you have those things, I think the X's nose fall in place. You know, a, a couple of podcasts ago, we talked about women's college basketball and how it seems to be almost exploding as we watch it. And I'm going to kind of take a different tour on that. We talked about your career as a coach. How do you see, especially college women's basketball, the profession developing in the next five or 10 years or so? Well, I think it's only going to continue to grow, uh, in all honesty. I think um, the players, as I said, I think before getting more talented, more skilled, um, I think the love for the women's game is growing. I mean, you're seeing a lot of sellouts right now, even in non-conference wise, a lot of sellouts. So I think I, th I just think it's going to continue to grow um, and the support is going to continue to be there. All right. You've been in St. Charles all of what, seven or eight months now. Tell us about your favorite hangout. <laughs> My house. <laughs> <laughs> I am kind of a homebody. Uh, you know, I haven't had a lot of time to do uh, a lot of things, but um, I mean, I do like going down to historic St. Charles. I think it's so beautiful down there. And I like all the little shops and, you know, the eatings down there that you can eat. And, um, so I enjoy that, but I wouldn't say I have one, uh, plus I wouldn't tell anybody cause I don't want anybody to be there. Uh, I wouldn't say I have one true hangout. All right. Now, Alyssa, you cannot answer this next question. Um, but coach Egan, if I were to ask your players, how would they describe you? <laughs> Uh, well, Lisa should answer that. Um, you know, I think, I think I'm tough. I think I'm hard on them, but I think I have a big heart. I think they know that I care about them outside of basketball. Um, I think I try to build a lot of confidence in them, um, and, uh, really put them in a position so that they know they're not just phenomenal basketball players, but phenomenal people and phenomenal student athletes. Um, and really just, I think kids are so uh, capable of so much more than they even know they're capable capable of. And I know I say that a lot, but I really tried to challenge them so that they achieve something that, that they believe they're not even capable of. Excellent. And then finally, we'll wrap it up with Central Arkansas this week. Finally at home, after a month, I get to watch another game live and, again, provide that guidance that I know the officials appreciate. You know, deep down, they, they appreciate the guidance that I can give them. So <laughs> I do, too. So, so. <laughs> So talk about Central Arkansas this week at home. What do you expect to see? Yeah. So, um, you know, they just came off a, a loss today in overtime. They played yesterday and won. Uh, so uh, a, a team that, again, has a first-year head coach, uh, has a lot of new pieces to who they are. So really trying to, to put some things together for themselves. Um, they got, uh, I would say, a little bit more guard strong. Uh, a couple kids that can shoot it really, really well. But uh, they also have one post that uh, you can't lose sight of that's definitely capable with stuff. Um, I think it'll be a good matchup for us. You know, I think um, to see how they're going to handle our pressure will be interesting. Uh, but we're really going to have to defend them because they are talented in half court. Well, Alice Nielsen, thanks for making time to join us this afternoon. I wish you every success at Lindenwood University and beyond. Coach Egan, always a pleasure to have you. 
We've come to the end of this podcast with Lindenwood University head women's basketball coach, Amy Egan. I encourage you to share the podcast link with friends and families and neighbors. If you have questions or comments for Coach Egan for future podcasts, email them to gstalker at lindenwood.edu. We'll talk next time.